the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you. Hope you had a great weekend. We got some great interviews coming up in just a few moments. Uh, We will talk with Julie Kelly and also with Ron Kessler. Ron Kessler, ronaldkessler.com. He's got some great books and some great writings. And Julie Kelly, of course, is the extraordinary, um, now I call her historian. She's a journalist, I guess, but of the January 6th hoax. It's amazing what she's doing. So uh, we will talk with her and we'll also have a, spend a few moments. I will talk about my own friendship with uh, Todd Aiken, who passed away on Sunday night. Really good guy, a really nice guy, a decent man. And um, well, one of the most honorable men in public life. I'll explain that to you, too. So uh, before we get to that, what do you need to know? What you need to know right now is that things may seem way off base. They may seem like they're way off base. But the fact is, and the fundamentals may seem off. You may say to yourself, we got this problem and that problem and all. But here's what I want to tell you. I want to underscore for you that it is, in fact, the pe- we the people are rock solid. We the people are rock solid. It's just that the capital is as rotten as can be. The capital in this country, you know, we the people, you think about it, think about your, your families, think about your friends, think about certain institutions that are being maligned by the media and the, the left is trying to, dest- to destroy them. Things like law enforcement, best law enforcement in the world. We have that. These are the best law enforcement. Now, in certain cities, they're not allowed to do their job. In certain places, they're marginalized. Best law enforcement in the world in history. And military. Best military men and women. People who will go to bat and go to die for us. Being messed up by the military leadership and by the civilian leadership, sure. But, but you know, we have the best in lots of categories. And, and we, the people, the great masses of us, the, the great masses of, of America, we are solid, rock solid. We Could we do more? Yeah, we have to. Do we need to do better on education? Yeah. Do we need to go to church more? Sure. We need to do certain things. We've got to ch- sort of change the trajectory on some things, but we can do it because we're rock solid. We breathe the air of the Declaration of Independence. We breathe the air of the Constitution, and it makes us solid. But what's wrong in the country? What's wrong in the country is the elites. Frankly, on both coasts, you can go to Silicon Valley or just go to San Francisco, I guess, kind of down from San Francisco. It's pretty darn corrupt. It's pretty darn broken. Their worldview as well as their attitude. But the real place where we have to focus is the capital, and meaning Washington, D.C. If you look to the capital, you say to yourself, what's happening here? And, and the answer is it's rotten to the core. We, the people, are solid to the core. And what's rotten to the core is the men and women in Washington, D.C., with their fingers on the power, the people that control Pelosi's of the world, the Bidens of the world, the incumbents in both parties. 
You know, I, I often tell the story that Donald Trump did an interview after the election in 2016. I think it was early December, and he was being asked by one of the commentators, how'd you do this? And the, the commentator was saying, well, you know, you, you had build the wall. Was that the big hit? He said, well, it was pretty big. And, they, and the guy said, well, what else? And Donald Trump said, late in the campaign in October of 2016, I used the phrase drain the swamp. And that took off, Trump said. And here's my point. The upcoming election in 2022 It's a drain the swamp election. We can't afford to wait until January of 2025 to elect a new, to have a new president sworn in who changes the direction. We need fearless people in office that are willing to stand up for what's right and drain the swamp. Not just have different, better leaders, you know, and I I, look as much as I salute President Trump. I wrote books on his successes. I believe he did great things. He wasn't able to drain the swamp. He was able to change the trajectory. He was able to get some good things happening, especially regarding China, especially peace in the world, especially the economy. And that's China to me. But he didn't really get to drain the swamp. The deep state took him on. The big tech took him on. The big media took him on. You know, you take those together and you say, man, the odds are still long. So we've got to drain the upcoming. What you need to know is we the people are solid. What you need to know is we the people are solid in this country. We can get a little fitter, meaning we get a little bit more fit on the fundamentals. The, we can do more calisthenics on patriotism, on our nation, on our faith, our families. We can do that. We have to do that. We will do that. But what we have to recognize is the enemy is not among us. Sometimes it's among us, but it's mostly in the swamp, in the capital. And we have to drain that swamp. We have to actually hold these people accountable for what they've done to this country because they have devastated this country. They have taken from we the people the balance of how we're supposed to operate as a country, and they've skewed it. They've taken it away from us. But don't ever, what you need to know is don't ever get down on the American people. I was at an event last week on inventors and patents. We got the best inventors. We got the best patent holders. We got the best system being corrupted by the swamp, being corrupted by the swamp, drain the swamp. What you need to know is the rot in America is in the capital. It's capital rot. And the only way to get rid of the rot is get the wet away from it and drain the swamp. All right, everybody, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. It's been a while since we talked to our old friend, Julie Kelly. I do know she's still writing all the time, not all the time, a lot at American Greatness, amgreatness.com. She's got a lot of things going on. She's one of the real, I, 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 I dare say, Julie, it's really transitioned from just being a journalist or a, a columnist. You're kind of now, a, a, you know, a historian because you've been listening to many, many of the hearings, most of the hearings that are you're able to of the January 6th political prisoners. And so you know, you've got this great perspective and also it's great to have you back. And she wrote a piece a few weeks ago that I flagged and put in my file. I wanted to talk about the FBI because so much has come down. And there, again, there's almost nobody who's observed, you know, from the Russia hoax down through the, the January uh, 6th, all, all these pieces together like Julie Kelly has. So welcome, Julie. How are you? Good, Ed. Thanks so much for having me on. Before we get into some of the details, um, you've observed a lot of this stuff, the FBI, the FISA, you know, applications and all. And it's 
almost it just gets worse and worse. Um, do, and I'm not, I can't even say does anything surprise you. I don't think it does. But I mean, how how disheartened do you get about how corrupt and just broken this this whole system, the FBI, Department of Justice? I mean, it's just amazing. The judges, um, all of it. It's very disheartening, uh, but also eye-opening, as you can imagine, at the same time. And had I not had some background in covering Russiagate and understanding where these investigators and these attorneys, prosecutors, and these district judges will go, the lengths to which they will go, the rules that they will set aside, the constitutional protections that they will violate and ignore uh, to pursue their own political agenda or help somebody else pursue it. Um, I, I, I don't think I would be able to really grasp what's happening, but that that was a helpful background to see what's happening now. Yeah. But I'm telling you, Ed, what is going to come out about January 6th, and mark my words, is going to make the Russia hoax look, hoax look like child's play. Um, when the truth or most of the truth finally comes out, I'm hoping next year with some of the trials, even now with some of this discovery evidence, the American people are going to be floored at what happened on that day behind the scenes leading up to that day. And so that's the only thing that really keeps me going, aside from the people who are ensnared in this abusive investigation and trying to tell their stories and at least be one voice on their behalf. We're, we're talking with Julie Kelly at Julie underscore Kelly two on Twitter, my favorite Twitter handle ever. I memorized it. I have it down. But but Julie, I'm going to say this. I'm going to tell this to you. I know we're doing radio and I probably should you know, stop and, and do it off the air. But you sound tired to me because and I'm saying that like it, it, I'm tired and you get you get worn down by the reality. And frankly, here's the real truth. The problem you see it more than you see like there's a hundred instances of really bleakness because so-and-so's in a jail, his wife leaves him, such and such is happening. And, and other people see only one slice of it. And I mean, I, I'm exhausted and I'm only looking at like 10% of it, but it's, I I don't know. How do you, how do you, I mean, I'm worried about you. I'm being serious. Oh, thank you. Ed. I, you know, what? I, I am tired. I've been working on my manuscript all weekend in addition to the coverage. Uh-huh. But um, I'll tell you, you know, and this is just an antidote. I, you know, I get mail. My husband and my kids will be like, Mom, you got jail mail. And uh, I walked down <laughs> on the counter just now and I had two different envelopes out and, a, and a, someone had colored me a picture. And so I said to my hmm. husband, well, where did this come from? And he said, well, it came in a big envelope to you. And I open all of it because sometimes, you know, I intercept. Right. And we get all kinds right. of weird mail. Um, but uh, but the people, the detainees who I get letters from and information from is very emotional. And so uh, it does. I don't want to say it takes its toll. In a way, it's motivating because it's such purposeful right. work, Ed, as you know, and in, in what you're doing, right. too. Uh, but it also is very draining. I've been listening to hearings all day and in court documents. And it's it's very disheartening what's happening, not just for our country, but for these individual Americans who are just being completely hung out to dry. 
We're talking with Julie Kelly again. Um, Julie, uh, how you said something that I believe you on, but I also know like the Russia hoax. You and I did radio together 20 times mm-hmm. and we were talking about this doesn't make sense. This isn't going to this isn't going to hold up. And what happened was they lied about it. Schiff and Pelosi and everybody long enough. And, the, and, and you sort of go past it. Even Mueller was like an adult. He, he was like a warm up for Biden. He didn't know where he was or what was happening. And yet it's half the country or or or, or 60 percent of the country thinks that Russia interfered in the election. And my, my point here is now um, the narrative machine, big tech, big media and big government creating a truth. I mean, you know, uh, the Durham report, if you read some of that Sussman indictment, it basically says the whole thing was a political hit job. And yet, you know, uh, two thirds of the country still thinks, you know, that, that that there was some there there. How do you, I mean, how can the Jan- January 6th thing break out? I mean, how do the trials, do you think the trials will do it? Because you can't trust the media, right? No, the media, and, and people do say that to me. Well, who cares if a year from now, two years, you know, now four or five years, we're getting finally some accountability. Well, it doesn't matter. Well, it does. I mean, it, it matters to our side. And I do think that mm-hmm. there is a slice of America, of America who just wants to, drown out everything but you can't uh, you can't turn your eyes to the fact that our fbi is completely corrupted it is so broken and immoral it should be completely burned i mean it should be completely uh, abolished there's no salvaging it and look what we have in the past month we have some of the top olympic gymnasts in this country who did not get the fbi's attention against a serial child molester rapist really um because the FBI was too busy chasing Carter Page and George Papadopoulos. Uh, you have now mm-hmm. another Inspector General's report from Michael Horowitz, who seems like the only decent man in the Justice Department who's actually doing any work, once again finding more, and not errors, blatant, flagrant mistakes on these FISA applications. You know, you now have proof of the FBI in cahoots with Perkins Coie. Uh, through the uh, in the Clinton campaign, and now we have evidence from the New York Times that the FBI was uh, had an informant at least two with the Proud Boys on the ground on January sixth, and my piece on the Whitmer kidnapping, which people have right. to write. just for you could not write this stuff for fiction. This case is absolutely mind blowing what the FBI did, and we're only getting to the tip. We're only at the tip of the iceberg there. So I right. do think putting all this together and people are people, regardless of what you think of Russia hoax right now, we are in a dire situation with the most powerful law enforcement agency, not in the country, in the world that is beyond broken, right. corrupt, and it's turned its powers now against the American people. That's dangerous. Uh, so, Julie, uh, we're talking with Julie Kelly, at Julie underscore Kelly, too, on Twitter. Also, uh, American Greatness. Go to amgreatness.com, and you'll see her writings there. Click on her name. If you see an article she wrote, click on her name and go back, and you'll see all these different times she wrote on things. Um, Julie, do you think that um, do you think that on the um, – on the um, when you try to think about things to look forward to, one thing I say to look forward to is if you – you know, who can be the heroes to get to the bottom of this? Because you could wait until – January of 2025 when President so-and-so sworn in as a Republican and then three months for him to run the gauntlet of Lindsey Graham and the and the, and the Judiciary Committee to get a, 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 a deputy confirmed at the Department of Justice, et cetera, et cetera. And so and that's too, it feels too long. We should hope for that anyway. It, it, can you, do, do you think that we've seen enough uh, 
shift in in the uh, conservative slash Republican uh, leadership, or has there been any to say, hey, when you get uh, if you get to, to be um, to in the majority House of Representatives, the Oversight Committee is going to convene hearings on January sixth, a select committee just like she did, and get to the bottom of what Pelosi did, or or do you see an Attorney General in a state or uh, a governor that's finding a way into this? I mean, because ultimately the the, the freeze out happens when the media says over and over, well, you haven't proven in a court of law that there's election stuff. And then mm-hmm. most of the public goes, oh, I guess not. Right. Who, who can be a hero on this on the Republican side? Is there anybody you're seeing? No, there's nobody. Um, <laughs> and if we are stuck with this current group of Republican leadership, especially in the Senate, nothing will ever change. The battle next year is going to be within the Republican Party, getting rid of these senators and congressmen, uh, especially in making a Senate candidates pledge that they will not elect Mitch McConnell to be the Senate Majority Leader if they take back the Senate. I would feel the same way about Kevin McCarthy. Look, I've heard from six or seven House Republicans and one U.S. Senator uh, who is concerned about what's happening in this D.C. Gitmo jail uh, that now has more mm-hmm. than three dozen January 6th defendants and this egregious unequal application of the law. Uh, aside from that, there's nothing. Kevin McCarthy hasn't said a mm-hmm. word. Jim Jordan hasn't said a word. But, you know, people who I used to really respect and feel like we're doing the right things, absolutely nothing. And so the fight mm-hmm. next year has to be within the GOP. If we do not clean house, there's, it does not matter who wins the White House. It, it just or yeah. quite frankly, getting getting the House or the Senate back. This is a top of mind for the rank and file is getting rid of these corrupt institutions. And this is not the team to do it. Well, and, and you know what I tell people that, you know, Donald Trump did an interview in November of 2016. Uh, maybe it was early December. And they, they the reporter was asking him about um, the phrases he used. And they were asking, you know, build the wall. And then they said, lock her up. And he said, actually, I didn't say lock her up. That was other people, you know, later. But he did say, Trump said, I used drain the swamp. And I didn't know that was as good it was. I, I used it in October of 2016. And it took off. I feel like this next election is drain the swamp. I, I feel like it doesn't matter who you are, we, either party, it's a drain the swamp election. And, and I think that the public, the public feels that in their gut. The question is whether there's a way that they can, you know, Gingrich, Gingrich once said, Julie, about the, the contract for America, that it was, yeah, it was good for the public, but it was only six weeks before the election. It was actually also good in case they won, which they did. He, it made the members know they had to do something that they had sort of promised and they went through it. Right. And the problem is mm-hmm. right now you're already seeing it. They're trying out. McCarthy was trying out the other day. You know, uh, don't you think you should keep more money in your pocket when the, and the, you should end it better than the governor? Give me, I mean, the government does. Give me a break. That, that's not where we are. I mean, I know I would. I, I agree with that, but that's that's not where we are right now. They they just don't get it. They are stuck in some sort of I don't know nineteen ninety even you know Reagan era. You know we've we've got look at the look at these gas prices. Well, okay, yes, that's a problem. But when you're head of House Judiciary or ranking member of House Judiciary, and you're worried, you know you're tweeting. That's not you're right. That's not where people are. Yes, they're upset about that, but that is just a an. A, That's just a result of a completely corrupted system on both sides um, and a a weak Republican part, weak, ineffective, complicit, you might say, uh, that refused to take on the people who are responsible now for the pain that Americans are enduring, whether it's people who are having their homes raided at 530 in the morning for trespassing at the Capitol or people whose, you know, gas bills, food bills are going 
sky high, whatever it is, this Republican Party has no idea how to counter the left. We got to get rid of almost yeah. all of them. Um, and so mm-hmm. that's just that will be the challenge next year. All right, Julie Kelly, at Julie, at Julie underscore Kelly, number two on Twitter, uh, American Greatness, amgreatness.com. Listen, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself and keep going. Thank you. We appreciate you. <laughs> Ed, you're the best. Thanks so much. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Julie Kelly, everybody. We'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to visit with my old friend, Ron Kessler. If you go to ronaldkessler.com, ronaldkessler.com, you will discover that he's written a dozen, couple dozen books, uh, bestsellers and this and that. He's a, a former Washington Post reporter, a Wall Street Journal investigative reporter. But more importantly, if you dig deep, you'll find out that his first job was, I think, in, in journalism, was the Worcester Telegram. And when I was at the sure. College of the Holy Cross up in Worcester, the Worcester Telegram was a paper that... I didn't read too often, but I knew it was there. And uh, so, Ron Kessler, welcome back. How are you, sir? Hey, good to be with you, Ed. Uh, so, I saw, you sent out, you wrote a piece a few days ago on Biden, and I'll get to the over the horizon hoax. Um, uh, you refer to it. The title is "Biden's Over the Horizon Hoax Will Jeopardize U.S. Safety." But I want to first ask you a broader question. I mean, literally. Joe Biden has been in power since the early 1970s, maybe 73 or 4, I forget now which year. So you've observed this guy for a long time. I, over the weekend, I was with somebody who said, I was a staffer on the Judiciary Committee. He said, I, uh, back then, you know, y- people knew Biden, knew what he was. And I, w- What's your broad observation about Biden becoming president? Was he always in over his, in, 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 in over his head? Or, would he, you know, if he'd been president 25 years ago, would he have been the same way? Is it particularly this? moment? I mean, how do you how do you sort of track his career? I think he's been pretty much the same. Uh, and that is basically, according to my Secret Service agents who were on his detail, he's basically lazy. He's really not interested in, in doing very much. And uh, my White House uh, sources tell me that he comes, you know, he goes to Wilmington over the weekend. He comes back on Monday. He wants to know right away when can I go back to Wilmington, and and that accounts for a lot of of his uh, the fact that he seems to be out of it. You know, the latest example is he he was asked about uh, uh, men uh, following cinema into into the ladies' room and filming her, and he and and he said uh, that's not appropriate, but it's part of the process. I mean, you know, is that the definition of being out of out of it or not? Uh, and and uh, Mitch McConnell said that he's always been, liber- you know, quite liberal, and and uh, you know, but he goes along and 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 doesn't want to take risks, as you saw with uh, uh, not wanting to go after Bin Laden. You know, he's afraid of any mm-hmm. repercussions, and he he just sort of uh, rides rides the, the waves. Uh, we're talking with Ron Kessler, and his uh, website is ronaldkessler.com. And if you go there, you see his many books. One of the ones he just mentioned is called In the President's Secret Service, Behind the Scenes with Agents in the Line of Fire and the Presidents They Protect. It's a fascinating book, uh, really interesting. A couple of these books that, that uh, Ron, that you wrote about uh, inside the White House, one, I think, on Laura Bush, another one on um, uh, George W. Bush's White House is fascinating. But the Secret Service one is just so interesting. We, we've all been sort of raised now on these, on these blockbusters 
blockbuster films about Secret Service agents. So it's just so interesting to see the inside scoop. All right. What about this hoax you wrote about? I mean, here comes Biden. He says, don't worry, we'll have over the horizon uh, protection for, for Afghanistan. What's he mean and why is it a hoax? Well, it's, it's, it's a hoax because uh, the Pentagon first announced this on July 6th, and no one paid any attention to it. But when they announced the uh, over-the-horizon uh, capability, uh, the Afghan government was still in power. And you know, we uh, would have had CIA sources on the ground to pinpoint plots. And, you know, it, it doesn't do any good to to have uh, missiles a uh, thousand miles away if you don't know what the target should be. And, and the only way to do that is to have CIA uh, human sources. And you, you have that when you have an embassy and you have CIA officers under diplomatic uh, cover and also CIA officers who have non-official cover uh, and, and pretend to be, you know, from some company, let's say. This is the way... Uh, the CIA uncovers uh, terrorist planning. And, and so uh, after uh, the Afghan government uh, collapsed, Biden was still claiming that this over-the-horizon capability is going to take care of everything. And, of course, that is a hoax. It, it, it's, uh, it's just flying blind. And uh, even uh, Leon Panetta, who was Obama's uh, Secretary of Defense and CIA director, said we're going to have terrorist attacks from Afghanistan as a result. And the worst thing is that when the uh, U.S. military went into Afghanistan the first time, they found that uh, al-Qaeda was working on WMD. They had uh, started to develop biological and chemical weapons, just as uh, Osama bin Laden uh, decreed they should do. And uh, now there's no question uh, with their finances, they're going to be paying millions of dollars to uh, high-priced scientists from throughout the world to develop WMD to go after the United States. And that is that is the... the uh, uh, legend that uh, and the legacy that Biden has decreed to us and making us uh, much less safe for years to come. We're talking again with Ron Kessler. RonaldKessler.com is his website. Um, Ron, is is it is it laziness? Is it a worldview? I mean, let me say it differently. Around Joe Biden are lots of people that are not um, they're not dumb. Right. Nobody says Susan Rice is dumb. Um, I, I, in other words. So why are why do, why do they think this is a good a path or maybe say it differently? It sounds like um, Millie and Secretary Austin went to Biden and said, here's four pieces of advice that are different than what you want to do. We think you ought to do these. He just ignored them and did what he wanted anyway. Now, I kind of I've told people and I've, I've said before, I kind of like that we have a military that has to do what the civilian says. Like that's I, I, that makes me feel better than having uh, the military be in charge. But it also could be an indication that the commander in chief is not paying attention. And and so is he not paying attention? Is he is he not yeah. smart? Is he lazy? And, he, and what what is happening? Fool. I mean, you know, who, who in the world would would ignore all that advice up and down and and uh, and put is in jeopardy. Uh, and, and the best example is in the book you mentioned, The First Family Detail, in which I say that when Biden, when he was vice president, would go back to Wilmington, 
he would order that the military aid with the nuclear football remain at least a mile behind him in the motorcade wherever he went in Wilmington. And the reason was he wanted to maintain the image of regular Joe. He didn't want to have a big retinue. But can you imagine the irresponsibility, the, the lack of any common sense uh, of anybody who would say the nuclear football should not be near me? In other words, if Obama were taken out, we would have been uh, obliterated by, by an enemy because uh, we could not counterattack because, of course, even with no traffic, the military aid with the nuclear football could not ca- catch up with Biden. Uh, that's something that has not been picked up by the mainstream media. The media ha- did pick up the fact in that book that uh, Biden would swim nude in front of his Secret Service agents uh, who are female, and and of course that offended them. Uh, but this is again just just mindless, and you know this latest example saying that uh, it's just part of the process to have a man follow a cinema into the ladies' room and, and film film her, uh, just just nuts. And and uh, you know. I think we all know nuts in, in the world, and, and unfortunately, that's what we have as a president. Uh, where does it end? In your opinion, where does it end? Does it end? He just muddles through a term like Jimmy Carter did. Does it end that he is he's you know uh, forced out by his own party? Where do you think this ends? Wow, um, you know, on the one hand, I think that. Uh, Things are going to just get worse and worse. He's going to be an embarrassment to his party. He has no credibility left from either side. And so people are going to, you know, pretty much try to ignore him. Um, And whether he serves at the for. The, the whole term, I don't know. You know, I think uh, he's so addled and he's so uh, listless and he's so out of it. He's just getting worse uh, that, he, that he could he could resign. But then, what do we get? We get uh, something that's that could be even worse. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, be careful what you wish, wish for. Uh, all right, Ron Kessler. I go to RonaldKessler.com. dot com. You'll see his writings there and also his many books. Um, I appreciate it very much, Ron. I think uh, I think this uh, perspective. I, I I guess the well, the last question is: um, Everybody knows this. I mean, you say the Secret Service agent knows it, but McConnell knows it. The staffers know it. Everybody knows it except America, or they're learning it now. Yeah, um, you know, in the case of the Secret Service and the nuclear football, you know, they were all afraid to go complain about it. They, you know, they were afraid they would lose their jobs, and so that was kept secret. And it could have easily been uh, documented by by uh, congressional uh, Republicans. You know, they could have called Secret Service agents to testify, uh, and and maybe they will eventually. But uh, uh, it, it, there's so many secrets still to be uncovered about Biden and uh, it's going to be more and more shocking as, as things go along. I th- my, my own instinct is at some point they when you start to see more of this stuff come out um, it'll be when the Democrats are wanting to get rid of them I think they're going to say but the problem yeah. is they, they're stuck with behind them behind them Kamala Harris is so unpopular he almost couldn't have put, picked you know someone worse to put there because it's insurance for, for Biden anyway I better run Ron thank you RonaldKessler.com Ron Kessler great author and investigative reporter and got his start the Worcester Telegram it all comes back to Worcester thanks again Ron thank you Ed <laughs> Thank you. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Say that again. 
Did you did you go to the El Morocco restaurant? I, I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was there. Yep, that's right. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of my brother lives up there too nearby, so I ah. I've coached him on some of these things. Anyway, Artie Brown, Ron, uh, we'll be right back, everybody. Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Far from uniting our country, President Biden is dividing it by allowing Director Fauci and other entrenched public health officials to run roughshod over cherished American freedoms. Millions who oppose the push for mandatory vaccination are actually rank-and-file Democrats, as the New York Times admitted in dismay in its own analysis of who is declining the jab. Minorities and many young liberals are eschewing the COVID vaccine, not just rural white evangelicals whom liberals have tried to scapegoat for the disease resurgence. Americans rejecting the COVID vaccine constitute a population larger than all of Germany, and they're unlikely to switch just because socialists at the FDA mysteriously label the COVID vaccine as no longer experimental. VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, a database that tells us what's happened with vaccine injuries, tells a far different story from Fauci's by listing more than 12,000 incidents of people dying after receiving the COVID vaccine, leaving behind countless loved ones. Liberals always knew that a significant percentage of Americans would decline the COVID vaccine no matter what the D.C. bureaucrats say or do. Distrust of government is healthy and particularly high among Democrat voters, especially among minorities. Videos released and then taken down of Obama's birthday party did not increase trust in public officials, by the way. Obama and others were filmed partying away without masks, while leading Democrat politicians insisted that even schoolchildren be required to constantly wear masks. NFL football players are not required to take the COVID vaccine, and several have spoken out against attempts to ostracize them. Notable Olympic athletes declined the COVID vaccine, too. Americans today have access to more information than they ever have had before, which would astound our founding fathers. And given this unprecedented access to information, Americans should have more choice than ever before. Why should the government force citizens to take a vaccine when anyone can make an informed decision about it for themselves? That's the same faith we put in voters at the ballot box, after all. Individual choice is and should be the hallmark of our free society. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. In 2016, the conservative movement lost one of our strongest leaders, but Mrs. Schlafly's work and her voice continue through this radio program, our work in Washington, and the influence you have in your own community. Be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. We encourage you to bookmark phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Got to finish up today with a, uh, well, I can only be called a, a sad story, a sad time. Uh, I want to spend a few moments so talking about Todd Aiken, the late Todd Aiken, who passed away uh, just on, I guess, Sunday evening um, and surrounded by his family, supported by his lovely and wonderful wife, Luli Aiken. And Todd Aiken, uh, he served in the Missouri House. He served in the U.S. Congress. 
Uh, of course, he ran famously for U.S. Senate, um, and that's probably the leading line in his uh, uh, obituary, I suppose. I haven't looked at it. I've, I did watch on social media how nasty people are, uh, the terrible, terrible left-wing lunatics, how unpleasant they are. But um, the, uh, the reality is he just was a good guy. He, he, he was a very smart guy. I believe he was trained as an engineer. And I, he came from a very successful family. I think it's his grandfather was the CEO and maybe one of the founders of Laclede Steel. Very, very successful company. And Todd had an extraordinary, has an extraordinary family. His children are amazing, one after another. Just, I think, six kids and just wonderful. I, I only knew a couple of them well, uh, but just amazing family and amazing success. And here's the thing. You know, the late Phyllis Schlafly, for whom I worked, she had been around in public life uh, and an observer of politics. You know, she died at 92 years old in 2016, and she had been active probably, she was doing a poli-sci degree in her teens, late teens, so call it 75 years almost almost 80 years, 75, let's call it 75 years that Phyllis Schlafly, uh, and of course, uh, before she was Phyllis Schlafly, was Phyllis Stewart, and then she got married Phyllis Schlafly. So she had seen and then, you know, studied, studied at Washington University, studied at Maryville first, then Washington University, then at Harvard, poli sci. So she studied all the greats, and then she observed all the greats up close, Starting really in, uh, you could say, in the 19, late 1940s, and then certainly by 52, 1952, she's at all the Republican conventions. She sees them all up close. Everybody from Senator Taft, um, you know, Dwight Eisenhower, President Eisenhower, all the way down through the years, Goldwater, uh, Nixon, all the different people around them. Pat Buchanan, she considered, considered him a close friend. All the way through, all the way down to Donald Trump. And in all those times... One of the things that she said about Todd Aiken, and that she introduced him at one of our Eagle Councils, was that he is uh, the most honorable man she knew in public life. Think about that. Again, Phyllis Schlafly, oh, take, by the way, take away the uh, elected officials. She knew all the players, you know, around Reagan, Ed Meese. She knew uh, Falwell. Uh, she knew um, uh, Buckley. She knew everybody. All the people, and she said the most honorable man she knew in public life, Todd Aiken. And so let me tell you a quick story. But, you know, the, the famous um, scene, the famous interview that he did, I think he did it on a Friday. I'm pretty sure he did it on Friday uh, in the election of 2012. And I was the attorney general nominee for the Republican Party in Missouri. And so we gathered in Springfield, Missouri, on Saturday, the day after his interview. He could have done his interview on Thursday night, but I think it was Friday. Anyway, he had recorded it. And so we're getting on the bus. And I think it was Billy Long's bus, who was a congressman. Had he won? He'd won for Congress uh, a term earlier. So he would have a, a bus tour around his district. And we were all down there. And as I recall, it was me and Todd, uh, uh, um, Cole McNary, who was running for, I guess, treasurer. Uh, Roy Blunt, who wasn't on the ballot, but he was there. All these people, and Todd Aiken. And we're riding around the bus, and I remember sitting with Todd, who I knew pretty well by that time. Todd had decided to forego his congressional district race and run for Senate, and, and therefore I dropped. I was running for Senate against Claire McCaskill for about two months uh, because I wasn't going to let her get a free pass. And Todd got in that race, and so we switched out. But Todd and I sat, and I remember saying to him, talking about things, and he said, he actually said about that interview that he said it was okay, but that he was worried that he'd said some 
things. He wasn't. He didn't tell me specifically what, but he did say one of them was about the Voting Rights Act. Well, little did we know that uh, by then, uh, uh, what's his name, that uh, terrible reporter who was a know nothing guy, had um, had uh, gotten this soundbite, and it was used by the media and others. And, and most of the big wigs, most of the Republicans, stepped back away from Todd Akin. They didn't stick with him. Uh, a couple people ran towards him. Huckabee ran towards him. Uh, it was great. Mike Huckabee deserves credit for that. Uh, David Lane, uh, David Lane, who's an organizer of pastors, he helped. Anyway, so, but Todd and uh, Todd, Todd Aiken was never bitter. I'm not sure that he wasn't without anger at times at how it played out, but he wasn't bitter. He wasn't a bitter man. He was a, a man of faith. He was a good guy. He had a sort of wry smile, um, if you knew him well, and he just was a good guy. And back to what Phyllis Schlafly said, one of the, uh, the most honorable man she knew in public life. And how was that? What was it about him? He never yielded. He wasn't. He was there because he believed in God and the created human beings and all around. He was very pro-life, fearlessly pro-life. He was fearlessly for limiting the government. It didn't mean, by the way, they didn't vote for some things. Voted for budgets and things. He wasn't. He was a legislator. He knew that, but he was principled. And when he was dealt this horrendous hand where something he said was construed and then misconstrued and it was used and then misused against him, he just kept going forward. He had great confidence, great faith, and just a good guy. And again, the judge of it all is his wonderful kids. Uh, I know Perry pretty well. And of course, his wife, Luli, and just amazing family and uh, lots of grandkids and lots of success and a good life. And I was sorry he suffered uh, for some time because of his illness. Uh, but I know that he is uh, to his eternal reward. And he's just a good, good man. And he's somebody who I admired, I respected, who was kind to me, and who was as Phyllis Schlafly said, one of the most honorable, he was the most honorable man in public life, but he was one of the really good guys that I knew in my life. So rest in peace, Todd Aiken, and God bless your family as they uh, move on to live a life without you, but celebrating you in your life. All right, everybody, have a great week. Uh, excuse me, have a great night. Uh, thank you, as always, to uh, Noah Dingley, our great producer, and also to Joanna for helping book guests. We will be back tomorrow. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then. Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.